welcome to today's episode of the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast show. We like to talk about science and science-based tools, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and nutritional sciences. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that follow button on Spotify so you never miss a single podcast episode. Today, we are going to be discussing ultradian rhythms and what non-sleep deep rest is. So, let's dive right into it. What are ultradian rhythms? As we previously talked about, all of our bodies are regulated by many biological rhythms, and one of the best known ones include the circadian rhythm, which governs the 24-hour cycle of sleep and also wakefulness. Our our circadian rhythms are aligned with biological systems that are anchored to how the Earth rotates, and the public these days they have placed a lot of emphasis on the general importance of sleep, but there has been far less attention paid to the biological rhythms that occur during our awakening states. Ultradian rhythms are like a circadian rhythm, but ultradian rhythms are repeated throughout a 24-hour circadian day and also have shorter periods and higher frequencies than a circadian rhythm. There are multiple types of biological rhythms, such as circadian rhythms, diurnal rhythms, ultradian rhythms, and Freighting rhythms. All of these systems have a biological clock that is synchronized with the biological rhythm that can be either endogenous or exogenous. For instance, endogenous types is one of which the internal biological clock is the one who controls it, whereas exogenous types is the one that involves an external cue. Today, we're going to be primarily focusing on ultradian rhythms. Some examples of ultradian rhythms include blood circulation, pulse, heart rate, thermoregulation, blinking, appetite, or arousal. For the purpose of this discussion, we'll focus on the 90-minute rhythm that regulates our ability to focus throughout the day and how memory consolidation is facilitated at night. I like to say focus is the difference between where you are today and where you want to be. This is why I'm so passionate about focus in this very episode. So, you might already know that when we go through sleep cycles, we'll cycle through different stages of sleep at 90 minute intervals. Like, when you wake up at your usual time, these ultradian rhythms don't suddenly stop. They actually continue to oscillate throughout the day. And in fact, these 90 minute intervals regulate when you're most optimized for focus and learning. Let's say you go into deep work for 90 minutes. In the first five to 10 minutes, you probably will feel some resistance and agitation trying to get you into focus. After that, during the middle of your session, it's the optimal time for learning and sustained focus. And then in the last 5-10 to minutes, you might feel that your attention is waning off and it's harder for you to maintain focus. And this is not your fault. This is actually governed by electrical signals from your nervous system. After 90 minutes of focus, you really need to recharge. In fact, in a study published in 2020 entitled Replay, of learned neurofiring sequences during rest in the human motor cortex, the results showed that 20-minute naps or light sleep taken shortly after learning has been shown to increase the amount of information learned as well as the retention of that information. Remember this ratio of 90-20 for focus to rest, 90 minutes of focus and 20 minutes of rest. Now, this ratio doesn't apply to everyone precisely. It's not like a framework to use when you're focusing really hard and then you left your and then you notice that your mind is drifting off 
Um, and it's up to your specifics of your ultradian rhythm to plan and schedule around them, of course. Ask yourself, what am I most and least focused? What am I most lethargic? And what am I most anxious? What am I most motivated? Right? The primary point is that you give your brain a rest after a prolonged period of working hard. There are additionally a number of scientifically backed methods to place your brain into states of deep relaxation, and that's what we're going to cover next. This is all going to be about NSDR, or non-sleep deep rest. In a previous episode, we talked about how there's an asymmetry between wakefulness and sleep, as most people find it much easier to engage in wakefulness and alertness as compared to just jumping into sleep. Right? For example, it's much easier to pull an all-nighter compared to forcing yourself to fall asleep because most people aren't skilled at calming down. And you've probably heard of that experience when you're trying to fall asleep after long working hours and you're stressed, but your mind is stuck in a loop and you can't seem to disengage from your thoughts. That's because it's really challenging to control your mind with your own mind, right? Professor Andrew Huberman from Stanford University encourages people to look toward their body to control their mind rather than trying to wrestle with your mind into a certain pattern of relaxation. There are two non-sleep deep rest protocols that Professor Huberman introduces to us in order to access states of deep relaxation. Okay, the first one, this is called Yoga Nitra. The second one, it's digital hypnosis. Yoga Nitra is guided meditation, and basically the aim is for relaxation that involves deep breathing and body scans. On the other hand, Digital hypnosis is an evidence-based script that helps people fall into deep rest. Yoga Nitra is a meditative state in which you are neither awake nor asleep and your body is at rest. It feels effortless and it can be a great alternative to setting about a formal meditation practice because lying down encourages a natural state of surrender and that guidance from Yoga Nitra makes it easier to let go of the controls and just allow your mind to settle and into its like, inherently meditative state can be a deeply nourishing and even transformative experience because even without doing anything, you will still feel whole and connected and be able to find ease amidst the challenges facing a period of alertness. Right? These two protocols, they're meant to help people learn how to relax by turning off their thinking in order to fall asleep when they want to do that at night. Right? We want to practice what we do during the day so we can ace it when we're actually needing it at its um, highest demand. These are interventions that train your nervous system to go from a heightened state of arousal to heightened relaxation. And in this day and age, you can agree with me, we spend a majority of our time thinking of getting focused and it's really integral to devote time every day to getting better at accessing your calm states so that we can learn how to leverage our biological rhythms to become even more productive. In fact, a cool article published by Stephen Parker entitled training attention for conscious non-REM sleep and it explores the yogic practice of yoga nitra and its implications for neuroscience research and how when yoga nitra is done properly it allows us to enter the deepest non-REM delta wave sleep while maintaining awareness internally and externally to achieve an experience of mindful awareness right doesn't that sound nice study of consciousness within, within cognitive neuroscience has dominated in the recent years, and I'm really excited for more discoveries to be made so that we can leverage our nervous system for everyday life to enhance quality of life, to increase productivity and focus to drive the needle in our zone of genius of what we're most passionate about, and 
how we can make time for spending much of our leisure to create meaningful connections with the ones who we love. So that's all I have for you today. I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of our Dear Heart and the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thanks so much for your time and attention today. And above all, thanks so much for your interest in science. Thank you.